Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. The greatest day in history to mankind as we know it. Amen. What crazy love, but what awesome love. How many see the cross is empty today? Amen. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Josh, you did so well bringing us up from Friday. Man, I left Friday. Amazing job, Braden. I left Friday just touched. I, I don't know how you sing. I don't know how you lead and sing. I was like, man, if I had to do that, I would just sit there and cry. I wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, but man, how many of just was touched Friday night? And, and you know, um, somebody said this to me, and when they said it to me, it may hit you wrong at first, because when they said it to me, I was like, really? But when I thought about it, I was like, oh, really? Because I, f- I saw the truth in it. But, uh, you know, we nailed our, our, Friday night, we nailed our sins and the things we wanted to get rid of and the things we were glad that we were forgiven for. How many remember that? We nailed them on the cross. It's very biblical. In Colossians chapter 2, it says all the handwritings and the things that were against you, Christ took them on himself as he was nailed to the cross. But sometimes I, I think of the nails in the cross, but I don't, I don't realize, I didn't realize till somebody said this to me. That really our sins weren't just nails in a cross with paper. Our sins actually nailed Jesus to the cross. Man, that just, you mean you're pastor and you didn't catch that? Not like that. I didn't catch it like that. And somebody said one time, they said, hey, one time uh, I was at a church and they took some chicken legs. And they had the kids nail, and they had them nail it to the cross. And guys, seriously, when I first heard that, I was like, really but then I thought really because guys we need to call it what it is we need to appreciate what Jesus did and call things like they are our sins nailed Jesus to the cross but you know what our sins love laid him down we're talking about this week we're called the cross equals love love laid down his life as as we nailed Jesus to the cross with our sin and here's the other thing that hit me it said Jesus the light of the world Jesus came as a light of the world but on Good Friday listen that light went out that's another thing that I never meditated on Good Friday is the night that the light went out in the earth amen but today he's raised from the grave The cross is empty. Remember that cross. This cross Friday night was full of paper. This cross is now empty. Amen. This cross is now empty. The tomb that they laid him now in is now empty. He's ascended up into heaven and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John. 1 John. Not, one, not John, but 1 John, towards the back in front of Jude and Revelation. Flip to the back. Amen. God showed us, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world. 
And I want you to think about Jesus' baptism when John said, Behold the Lamb of God. And then he came and he was baptized by John in the River Jordan. And the heavens opened up and and a voice came from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus wasn't baptized for, for sin unto repentance. He was baptized just to show humanity that he walked in the ways that human beings walk. But Jesus, the skies opened up and said, this is my beloved son. So God sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life. How many of your Bibles say that we might live? That we might live. That's the one I want to go with today. So that we might live through him. This is real love. Think about this. This is real love. People are looking for real love. Here it is. Not that we loved God. Boast not in your love for God. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice. Everybody say this word with me. Propitiation. Say it again. Propitiation. Okay, that's what's in some of your Bibles, in your, in your New King James Version. I think it's in American Standard, but that, that son is a sacrifice is the word propitiation. And we're going to look at that today to take away our, our sins. Now then it switches again, and it says, dear friends, since God has loved us that much, notice how it switches again. First you see how much God loved us. He sent his son. Then you see the sacrifice. Now look at this. Dear friends, since God loved us that much... We ought to do something. What should we do? We should love each other. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love you in the Lord. We should love each other. Now, now here's why. Here's, here's why. Everybody look at me. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why we need to love e- each other. Because nobody's ever seen God. Am I the only one that will stand up here and admit something? I want to admit something to you. How many say it's very difficult sometimes to pray and to talk to And to follow, uh, sometimes it's very tough in something you can't see. Something you can't feel. I I know you guys, some of you are saying, yeah, we see what he's done and we see this. Come on, let's get real. There are days you wake up and it is very tough to pray. It's tough just speaking out in the air. Anybody out there say, yeah, I relate with you. So if you're thinking, what's wrong with me and my prayer life? Nothing's wrong with you. It's tough just speaking into air. It's tough to quiet yourself to even where you can hear him speak back. it's, it's, It's tough. And so don't get down on yourself thinking you're not doing good enough because that's very normal. So so here's something we gotta do for each other. Here's something since we can't see God. And, 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 since, and since we can't handle him and all that stuff, and we're doing so much by faith, here's something we can do. Since no one's ever seen God, if we love each other, God lives, uh, lives in us, and his love can be brought to a full expression. Now, how many has ever seen God in someone? How many has ever seen God in people's kindness, in people's mercy? And guys, when we're living in a world where people can't see God, we need to be that full expression. Somebody say full expression. We need to express God's love to each other. And then here's the net, and then you see one more thing in this scripture that's powerful. And God has given us his spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. God has given us the Holy Spirit. This is proof. This is proof that we live in him and he in us. 
Jesus even told people when, when the disciples were following Jesus towards the end of Jesus' journey where he was right before the, the, the last supper that he was having with his disciples, Jesus told him, he said, I'm getting ready to leave and another one is coming in my place. And Jesus said this, I'm not going to be with you, but he, he, who's he? Who's he? Everybody say the Holy Spirit. He, the Holy Spirit, shall be with you. Somebody say with me. You're never alone. And he shall be in you. In you. Everybody hit your chest. Jesus is in you. Amen. What a powerful scripture. We could go home right now and know that we've heard a powerful scripture. But God showed us how much he loves us by sending his only son. God loved me first and foremost. I was thinking, and, and I've been down this trail before. How many of you could say, God loves me perfect and he knows me perfect? How many can say, God knows me completely? Is there anything in you that is hidden before God's eyes? Is there anywhere you can hide? Is there anything that you've done that he hasn't seen? Somebody say Amen. He knows you completely. He has seen you completely. He knows everything that you have done or not done completely. And I'm telling you, he still loves you. He still loves you. Our sins, our ugliness, the imperfections. Many are slaves to their own perspective of their self. You know what? I know because I have been there. And, and I'm, I, 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 I say this with boldness. There are people in this room that you hate yourself, that you have self-hate. You may not be cutting yourself, and you may not be, be going to that extreme, but you live daily in a slavery because you, when you look in the mirror, and when you, the person that you're living with, and the person that you are sometimes, you don't like that person. I haven't liked this person lots of times. In fact... Most of the time, I don't like this person. And that's why I have to know that this person is being conformed into the image of Christ. And when I'm conformed and transformed into his image is when I can look in that mirror and I can say accepted. I can say righteous. I can say holy. I can say beautiful. I can say anointed. I can say lovely. I can say peaceful. It's when I have recognized that my identity and who I am and the only way that I can love myself is if Christ is in me and I can love him all the way. But I believe that. I believe people are a slave to their, to their perspective of themselves. And here's another thing that people are slave to, what others think you are. If you'll look at the slide on, on the, if you'll look at this slide, uh, look at all those things, all those labels I prayed that the Holy Spirit would have your label on there. Maybe you think you're stupid. Maybe you think you're not good enough. Maybe you're addicted. These are all labels. Maybe you think you're a freak show. There, if you see some of the places that are blotted out, they were cuss words. I was like, leave them on there. People can identify with it. But they did take them off. All right? Look at some of these labels. Look at some of these labels. Idiot. Big head. Jobless. You don't amount to anything. You're jobless. I'm here to tell you today that Christ loves you foremost and utmost and completely. Thank you, Lord. 
So that's the first thing we see in that picture. But God showed us how much that he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might, everybody say, live through him. Live through him. Live through him. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, you hath he quickened. Quicken means something that was dead and it was brought back to life. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. And notice in in the scripture you see the capital sin, the capital S sin. That means the sin of mankind, original sin. We all are born into sin, amen. But then you also see sins, plural, that we commit. But you hath he quickened who were dead. How many know that, that without Christ that we are dead in those sins? But when Christ comes in us, there's a quickening. We come alive. And the Lord spoke to me and said, let people know you can come alive this Easter. You can come alive this Easter. How many remember when you came alive in Jesus? I mean, I can remember the day. My life was black and white. But the day that Jesus came into my life, it became colorful. It became beautiful. There was a peace that my mind couldn't understand. There was a peace that my heart couldn't understand. There was an acceptance. There was something new. The day just looked better. It looked different. Why? Because there was a spiritual awakening. Brothers and sisters, if you have never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, if you've never done that, you're, you're like, like dead to him. There has to be a, an acceptance of him because he's not going to push in onto you. Look at this. Romans 8, 11 and 12. The Spirit of God... The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Would somebody see that today? The Spirit of, the God, of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Lives in you. Lives in you. Is that power? Is that power? It, the, the same Spirit that God that raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal body. Notice it says mortal body and not immortal. So that means in the here and now. That means right now we can have life. That means right now we can have joy. We can have peace. I'm not talking about when we're immortal, when mortal puts on immortality. But I'm saying right now that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and your mortal bodies. It's in you. And then the Ephesians 2, 6 says, for God raised him from the dead and seated. God raised us. You guys don't have this in Ephesians 2, 6. God raised us from the dead along with Christ. Now, something I want you to notice if you um, want to experience the full benefits and the full revelation. If you want to, first you, there's wisdom out there, but then you have to understand the Bible. If you can get this understanding, listen to me. If you can get this understanding, this will transform your life. Romans chapter 6 talks about how we were dead with Christ at the crucifixion. Some people think that, 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 that that the dead happens present tense. But it says you who were dead with Christ in the past. So when you, if you really want to get victory over every out area of your life, the first thing you've got to convince yourself of is that when Jesus hung on the cross with all of your sins and all of my sins and all the sins of the world, that we hung on that cross with him and we became dead to him. 
When Christ was crucified, it is very scriptural. When Christ was crucified, we were crucified with him. When Christ was raised from the dead, we were raised from the dead with him. When Christ was ascended, we that live, the Bible says that we who live in this evil present world, when Christ comes into us, we ascend, brother, we ascend, sister, out of that dead and that corrupt life, and we ascend into a new life, and we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Somebody give the Lord praise for that. So there's that now life and all that stuff. And then we got eternal life. We got, we, we got spiritual life. We got the now life. Then we have eternal life that we might live with him. Say it with me. For God so loved the world. Say it with me. That he gave his only begotten son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mary came to Jesus and told Peter and John that Jesus was gone and only his linens remained. Peter and John ran to the tomb and John ran on ahead, but he didn't go into the tomb because he was young and he's a little bit afraid to. But when Peter got there, he said, out of my way, John, into the tomb he went. And when he went into the tomb, this is what he saw. He noticed the linen wrappings lying there. While the cloth that had covered Jesus' head, here's what I want you to notice, was folded up and it was lying apart separate. The wrapping that was on Jesus' head was folded up real neatly and it was set separately. Every Jew in that day knew what that meant. Peter knew what it meant. All those guys knew what it meant. But we don't, the Western church doesn't know what that means. But when he folded his napkin and he left it, it meant this. I enjoyed my stay here on earth. You guys were great company. Enjoyed the fellowship. Enjoyed the friends I got to meet. I'm going away for a little bit, but I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And the Bible says... That when he said that I'm coming back, the Bible says as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Brothers and sisters, he's coming back, church. He's coming back in the, ra- in the rapture. A grave robber king. He's the dead body snatcher. He made us a promise. His love never fails. It held him to Calvary, not old rusty nails. 2,000 years are gone and are past, but to the sun, one's a thousand. A thousand is one. This Brian sends a message around the world. Put off your grave clothes and put on the right clothes. He's coming back, church. He's coming back for you, and he's coming back for me. I needed a poop, 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 poop. Hey, I grew up in the 80s. You guys just think. You know, that was a rap song in the 80s, by the way. <laughs> I'm dating myself. I changed something in your insert to 1 Corinthians 15, 51. How many want to know a secret? Everybody always wants to know a secret. How many of you want to know a secret? Let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. 
We will not all die, but we will be transformed. It will happen in a moment. I want you to blink your eye in the blink of an eye. When the last trump is blown for when the trumpet sounds. Next slide. Those who have died will be raised to live forever. And those who are living, that's us right now, will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal, see this, our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. How many say hallelujah to that? The scripture shall be fulfilled. O death, you are swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For the sting, for the sin is the sting that results into death. And the law gives sin its power. Brothers and sisters, that's the Bible you read. The law gives sin its power because the law just tells us what we're not. How many know you can't obey and do all the law? If you're trying to make it by your good works, you're not going to be able to do it. But Jesus gave us power of the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory over sin and death through Jesus Christ. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Does God love us? Search the whole universe for love and its most glorious displays, and it will be found and demonstrated most in the person and in the cross of Christ. This is real love. Not that we love God, but he loved us first. The holy love of God to sinners. Guys, we were all sinners. I don't, I, I, it, people say, don't say sinners in today's world. Don't tell people they're sinners. You're sinners without Christ. I'm a sinner without Christ. This new mumbo-jumbo blabba-gab stuff is hogwash. We're all sinners. Sinners who could not profit or harm God. God's holy love blows my mind. Because we're sinners who couldn't profit him or harm him. Sinners who he might justly just crush in a moment. Sinners who are deserving of vengeance were shown an amazing love by the method in which we were saved. He could have created other worlds and other universe and other things if he wanted to. But today, I'm telling you, he wanted you. And he wanted you to be loved by him and for you to love him back. We were made to love God and to be loved. We were made to enter into a relationship with God who longs to be in that loving relationship with us. One of my favorite scriptures is God showed. Read it with me. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners. And that son, he went and he gave a sacrifice. Now we're going to talk about propitiation. Okay. First of all, in the Old Testament... In the Old Testament, they had two things. They had what was called a sin offering and a burn offering. Okay, the sin offering, the sin offering, if you guys will put up the sin, the, the sin offering with the first slide. Okay, I want you guys to, to look at that for a little bit. Okay, in the Old Testament, 
In the Old Testament, the first thing they did when people came and they offered a sacrifice for their sins, the first thing they did is they got a lamb and they brought it to the, to the priest. And when they brought that lamb to the priest, I'm a sheep farmer. I know what it's like to judge a sheep. The, 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 the priest judged the sheep. He looked if there was the right black around his eyes. He looked if the nose was pink. He looked at the shearing if it was done perfectly. He looked at the hooves if they were carved and if they had the right pigment and they had the right cover. He took and he looked down the back of that sheep to make sure that it was the very best sheep. He, he studied it. He looked at it. He made sure there was no blemishes. He made sure that it was white as snow and there was no black skin underneath the wool. He, he inspected it. He inspected it. Christ, our Lamb of God, has been inspected by God Almighty Himself. And He says He is without blemish. He is without fault. He is perfect in every way. This Lamb is perfect. It passed my test. Jesus, the Lamb of God. That's why when He was baptized, God said, This is my beloved Son. Jesus wasn't getting baptized for sin unto repentance. He was getting baptized so God could declare, This is my beloved Son. He passed inspection. And then the next thing is, no, go back to the picture. He passed inspection. But here's what happened is the sinner would put their hands on the sheep. And that was a, that was a, a symbolism of our sin being transferred to that sheep. Now go to the next slide like this. And then righteousness was given back from that innocent sheep. And then go to the next slide. And then we go away rejoicing and free because judgment fell on that lamb and we go away free. Brothers and sisters, that's what propitiation means. I mean, you got your scriptures. You can read them. I'm running out of time and I want to hit a couple more points. You have your scriptures and you can read them. But in a nutshell, what it means is Jesus was inspected. He was accepted by God as a sacrifice. All of the sins of the world were transferred unto him. And he transferred his righteousness to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says that he who knew no sin became my sin. That I might be made. Somebody say made. That I might be made. Say it again. That I might be made. The righteousness of God. You are not righteous. You are made righteous. You are not holy. You are made holy. You are not accepted. You were made accepted. You betrayed. We deserved, guilt. We deserved condemnation. We deserved death. Our guilt. Does anybody argue with that? Can you argue with that? We can't. But propitiation is two things. Propitiation is mercy and grace given by God, which he loves to do, by the way. Hey, do you know that God overpaid for sin? He overpaid for sin. It would be like if, I, if, 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 if me and Izzy and Tim, if we went, to, if we went over here to Gary and, and Tim went in and said, hey, Gary... You're the banker, Gary. Gary, I want to pay for Izzy's guilt. 
And, Gary, and they say, what does it cost? And then the cost is given by the banker of the debt. Tim is so generous that it was only um, $5,000, but Tim said, here's a million. And he put a million on there. Christ overpaid for your sin debt. That's why, brothers and sisters, you are forgiven from your past sins. You are forgiven for your present sins. And you are forgiven of your future sins. Christ overpaid for your sin. He loves you, man. And the other thing, everybody says God is merciful. How many know God's mercy? You know, there's only a few times it names God. One time it says God is love. How many know he's love? Where he just is that. God does, a, he, he does love, but he is love. And then another place that says God is spirit. I mean, there's a few times it says God is something. God is mercy. But listen to this. He, God is also just. How do you be merciful and just at the same time? Because God is just. Do you believe that People without Christ will pay for their sin? Yeah. God is just. If you don't accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're standing before the throne of God without a lawyer and without an advocate. And you are standing at a throne that the, that the, that the prosecutor, the enemy of your soul, has an argument that can't be disputed. He has proof of your betrayal. He has proof of your sins. He has pictures. He has photographs. He has examples. He has eyewitnesses. He has everything. And every one of us are damned without Christ. But Christ stands as our advocate, as our lawyer, and our petition gives our representation. And let me tell you, the justice of God was satisfied because the scripture says that all of it went on him. Read Isaiah 53. The sins of the world, everything went upon him. Justice has been served. But mercy, that lamb died. The lamb was slaughtered. But we get to go free. That ought to make someone love Jesus a lot. And let me tell you something. That scripture that says he that loves much is able, he that is forgiven much is able to love much. If you think you have to be a drug addict and a prostitute and the very worst of sinners, that those are the only kind of people that can love God, a lot, then you have mistaken the scripture. Because my wife has lived about as squeaky clean as anybody that I know. I think her biggest sin is uh, maybe blowing, uh, doing jaywalking or something. Or, or uh, 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 she's, only, she's only said a cuss word twice, and it was just A double S, and she was saying it to me both times. <laughs> so I provoked her. So it's probably my sin. All right? She's squeaky clean. 
But she loves God just as much as me who is not squeaky clean. Brother, if it can be done, I've done it. If it can be drank, I've drank it. If it can be smoked, I've smoked it. If it can be, well, not, no, sure, not everything. <laughs> if it, I, I, was a, I was the center type, okay? But I don't even want to boast in that because some people's like, oh, look how bad I was, buddy. Look how bad I was. I'd rather have the testimony, look how Christ kept me. Yeah. All right? But my wife loves God just like I do. You know why? Because whether you're forgiven a little or a lot, when you know that one sin is the same as all sins. If you've sinned once, the scripture is clear. Ooh, ooh, I'm feeling a, I'm feeling a righteous anger. Oh, you spiritual righteous people that sit in your seats looking down your nose at everybody. If you break one law, you're guilty of all of them who's broken all of them. My wife's got a revelation on that. To where she loves much because she knows whether it's little or a lot what you've done. We're all going to hell the same way without Jesus. Thank you. Aren't you thankful that he's a propitiation? Last thing. I want to hit this briefly. I promise it'll just be a couple minutes because I just want to hit it. Go back to the very beginning scripture, please. The first slide. 1 John, 1 John, very first slide, okay, no, all right, can you go back to the very first slide of the text, yes, oh yeah, 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 yeah. that's what I want, back up just a hair, get, get the one where we're supposed to be the expression, guys, I, w- I want to see that again. What, what, what verse is that? 4-9. 1 John 4-9. 1 John 4-9. 1 John 4-9. God showed us how much he loved us by sin. This is real love, not that we love God. Okay, next one. But he sent his son. Next one. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we ought to love each other. Because nobody's ever seen God. And the only way they can know what God is is the way we love each other. God living in us is his, is, and his love is brought to full expression in us. Brothers and sisters, 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, as we begin, are we beginning to praise ourselves? Are we like others who need to bring you letters to recommend so that we can come in and preach in your churches, they were saying? Do we need to write letters on our behalf? Surely not. The only letter of recommendation that we need is you yourselves. You yourselves. Or as we say in the South, yuns. Yuns. Come on, say yuns. The only letter we need is yuns. You guys. Y'all. Whatever you say. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts that everyone can read it and recognize our good works. Clearly. You are a letter from Christ to people. I want you to put up that billboard picture. That's you. We are billboards for Jesus.
We are billboards to people. Everybody look at me a second. I want to ask you a very tough question. Are you shutting God's kingdom shut to people? Are you opening God's kingdom up to where they want what you've got? You know, most religious people shut the kingdom off. I don't want anything to do with religion. I feel judged. I feel this, all this. Guys, listen, we are God's billboard. We are God's billboard. The Bible says this in Romans 13, while the musicians are coming. Romans 13, 8, 8 through 10. Owe nothing to anyone except the obligation to love each other. Romans chapter 13, verse 8 through 10. Owe nothing to anyone except the obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill God's law. For the commandment says you must not, listen to this, don't worry about the screen, I'm not going to. The scripture says, hey, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't covet what others have. These these and other such commandments are summed up in one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love doesn't do wrong to people. And so it, it fulfills everything. Brothers and sisters, do you know if we will love one another? You don't even need thou shalt not. If we, everybody listen. If we love each other like Christ has called us to love each other. We don't need. Hey, don't screw around with that guy's wife. Don't flirt. We don't need, don't cheat. We don't need, don't whisper about each other. We don't need, we don't, we don't need law, we don't need it to tell if we will just love each other. You don't, you don't need to sit and read the commandment every day. Because it's fulfilled in just loving each other. Hey, let's keep it simple. Let's keep it simple. Treat people like you want to be treated. Love people like you want to be loved. I want you to look at this video. Um, Chad and Kim, stand up. You're in our service over here. These guys' lives have been turned upside down for Jesus in the past year. And uh, we want you to hear their testimony.
With every head and eyes closed, please no looking around. I just really feel a hush in the spirit. Just a moment of solitude and silence before our maker, our creator, our God. How many today feel the love of God coming to you? How many of you feel a life I just, I, I've looked through the congregation, and there's some that you are filled with so much fear of God, so much fear of the future, so much fear of guilt and shame of your past. Your past depresses you, and your future scares you. I really feel the Holy Spirit, I really feel the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm talking to you that I've come after you and I've come for you today. Have you just felt an expression of love and acceptance from him? With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you came to church today, not knowing for sure what you were coming for or why, but you've felt Jesus touch your heart and speak to your mind, I promise you, every head's bowed and eyes closed, the Lord told me to do it this way this week. Is I promise you, I will not single you out, and I won't make you come forward or encourage. I'm not even going to encourage you to come forward. But if you feel God speaking to you, and you feel like that you need His love and that you need salvation, that 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 salvation and forgiveness and cleansing can come to you today, right where you sit. That you can come alive this Easter. Would you just lift up your head? Nobody else is looking around. But if you would like to receive the love of Jesus and salvation, I want you to lift up your head and look at me. Amen. And if you want to, you can even just wave at me a minute because nobody's looking. Just so I'll see where you're at. I'm looking in this section to my right. I'm looking through here. I'm seeing four hands here, two hands here. I'm looking over here. Anybody in the middle, I want to see your hand. Anybody in these sections, God bless you two men. Anybody in this section, let me see your hand. I'm looking here. God bless you. God bless you guys. Amen. Everybody that raised your hand, I want you to bow your head. And I want the whole church to pray this so that the person that's praying it isn't doing it alone, that everybody's doing it, okay? Say, Dear Father in heaven, I come to you today. I feel dead. I feel empty. I feel alone, depressed, afraid, insecure of my future but today you have spoken to me I have heard you knock on my heart's door and today I'm saying I heard it and I'm opening my heart and I ask you to come in to my life right now I need you to be Lord I need you to be Savior Let me say this real quick. I want you to really mean this next sentence. I want you to keep it real. 
with God. But I want you to say this. Hey, God. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Do you think you can give me some of that? Do you think you can give me some of that? Right now. Lord, I need that. The same spirit. Raise me from deadness. Forgive my sins. Let me leave today with life and acceptance and surety. And I know my future. I confess you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. And I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As the ushers are coming forward with the communion tables, this is the last portion of the scripture. Um, in your inserts, you're going to see this. In your inserts, you're going to see something at the bottom that says name. And then there's a check that says, I prayed that prayer. I asked for salvation. There, there's some checks there. And your, your, your thing is perforated where you can rip it off at the bottom. If you'll write your name in there, you that prayed that prayer, if you will write your name in there and you'll put your phone number on there where I can text you or you'll put your email on there and you can check. You guys can go ahead and start distributing the communion and you can check what happened to you. I will call you this week. I'll text you. I will call you. Not, not my staff. I will call you. I will call you this week because I want to pray with you and I want to talk to you and I want to know you and I want to know what happened. The shepherd wants to know what's, what's happening with the sheep. Anybody out there say amen. I want to, I want a pulse of you. I want to, I want to feel you. I want to be with you. I want to help you in your walk. But if you will fill that out, you, nobody even have to know, but on your way out, there's some red tables out there. Where are those red tables at? Somebody tell me. Are they just right out the door? Where at out there? To the left? Just look for a red table and just put that card there. Turn it upside down where nobody even sees it. It's between you and the Lord. I will call you this week. And I can't wait to call you. A lot of you that raised your hands, I felt the Lord. A lot of you that raised your hands, I was seeing you while I was preaching. It was like the Lord was letting me know today was your day to come alive this Easter. Amen? What a day to get to come alive. It almost didn't surprise me the hands that went up because I was feeling drawn to you while I was preaching. Amen. Hey, what we're going to do here is we're handing out communion. I want you to know that I want everybody to have one of these cups. And when you get these cups, if you want to split them apart, there's a bread and there's uh, are, are they the kind that's splitting, Gary? Just kind of, you might have to move it just a little bit to, to get it apart. But you've got bread there and you've got the cup. And let me tell you, nobody here is unworthy to do this if you've asked Jesus in your life. So if, if you let it pass, if anybody let it pass and you just changed your mind, put your hand up. Did anybody let that pass? Because we'll come back and give you another one. Did anybody let it pass? Because this is for everybody. Amen? All you have to do is 
have Jesus in your heart. Amen? If you let that pass, we'll bring another one to you. Did anybody let it pass? Okay. Grab one of those cups. Separate it. Braden, if you'll sing a song, hold those. Listen to this song. And then we're going to have communion. Then we're going to leave. Sing the song with him. You don't have to stand. Really mean it. Really mean it. Thank you, Gary. Till all my fears are gone. Woo! No longer a slave to fear. If you want to stand, you can, but don't feel like you have to. I'm a child of God. I'm no longer, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Woo! Glory to God. I'm not a slave. I'm a child. Thank you, Lord. From my mother's womb. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love, love has called Brian's name. Come on. I've been born again. Yes, Lord, to this family. Your blood, your blood flows through my veins. Yes, Lord, I'm no longer a slave. I am a child. I'm a child of God. I like the way that sounds. I'm no longer to fear. I am a child of God. Oh, yeah. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Yes, Lord. For I am a child. Of God, oh yeah, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Oh yeah, I like this next part. I am a child of God. How many like the way that sounds? Child, child, thank you, Lord. I like this next part. Come on. Woo! Glory to God. Oh, yeah. Deliverance. We've been liberated. Yes, Lord. From our Sons and daughters, let us sing our freedom. Thank you, Lord. Oh, come on. Oh, oh, come on. Oh, 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 o
could walk right through it. You season sounding. Oh yes, Lord. You rescued me, and I will stand and sing. I am a child. Oh, say I am. I am a child of. Oh yes, I am. I am a child of God. I am. I am a child of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus took the bread that night, and when he had given thanks, he said, This is my body, which is broken for you. This is the bread of life. Amen. In me we live. Amen. This is the bread of life. Thank you, Lord, for the bread. We thank you that it nurtures us. We thank you that it sustains us. And we thank you that it keeps us. And, Lord, we thank you for people that are taking communion for the first time. Saved. Saved. Take and eat. This cup represents the New Testament, the New Covenant. Jesus paid for it in his blood. This represents forgiveness of sins, past, present, and future. How many knows he overpaid? And this is a new covenant that he has with you. To where you're not slaves anymore, we're children. And, and Jesus made sure, God said one thing to Jesus. He said, make sure they know something, that they know this before they come back to heaven. Know me, that, make sure they know me as Father. They didn't know him as Father in Old Testament. Everybody say, thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. Jesus, thank you that you paid for my justice. You paid for my sin. You were beaten for my sin. So I'm going to stop beating myself up. Take and drink in remembrance of him. He is risen. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. This resurrection morning, you're dismissed in the name of the Lord. God bless you. information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.